Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Legal Helm. In this episode, we'll be doing a deep dive on the ins and outs of running ProLaw in the cloud. If you or your firm is considering moving your ProLaw system online, this one is a must listen as we'll cover cost benefits, risks, and what to look for in a ProLaw cloud hosting provider. And now, on to the show. Welcome to The Legal Helm. I'm Kim and Gill, and I'm here with Bill Dave. And today we're going to cover ProLaw in the cloud, which I think is a really, really hot topic right now. Would you agree, Bim? I would indeed, and I'm really excited to be talking about this today. Why choose cloud? What are the benefits of having ProLaw in the cloud? There are a number of obvious benefits and maybe some that are not so obvious. The most important one is cost savings. One of the things often underestimated is the actual cost savings that you can get by moving to cloud. When you think about the long-term picture, the key when you're assessing cloud versus on-prem is really all of the ancillary costs associated with running your system, running your data center, thinking about all of the people that are needed to maintain that data center and then all of the components within it plus all of the costs associated with it in terms of electrical bills, all of those kind of components that go alongside it, comparing that to the cloud and really thinking about it from a flexibility perspective and a scalability perspective, which leads us nicely onto the next element, which is the ability to be able to flex up and down your resource pool on demand is really a key benefit to me. If I think about the fact that you've got a series of servers that are serving a purpose, and then tomorrow I make a decision to go and buy a new business application that has its own requirements associated with it, we will go down the route of assessing how much infrastructure we need to support the application. So that could be everything from a new server to a load balancer to a new file server to run the application that you're hosting, as well as lots of other upgrades that might be associated with supporting that application so you get best performance. Whereas you transition that to the world of cloud and really you have the flexibility of using the dial up, dial down buttons so that you're really paying for what you consume. And that ultimately leads to not just the cost saving side of things, but also from a flexible approach perspective, you're able to rapidly deploy new infrastructure or improve on infrastructure at the click of a button. So for example, if you spin up an environment that has a certain amount of processing power behind it to support your application, but you have problems with performance or you perceive problems with the performance, it's so much easier just to be able to throw a little bit of RAM to the mix, improve your CPU performance, and they are literally options within Microsoft Azure instant upgrades where you then start paying for additional resource but at a much quicker rate that has a knock-on impact to your ability to have a better performing application obviously because you're able to throw more resources at a potential solution as well as the general benefits of accessibility mobility being able to access your application in a much more streamlined way that is also secure and really taking the benefit of some of the investment that microsoft does in security is a good example of that, but also just making sure that you're able to access the, the environment, especially in the world that we live in now, where everybody is distributed in the most performant manner. In terms of risk, where do we stand? Are we de-risking by moving to a hosted environment? That's something that we get asked a lot, and I'm sure that customers, at the end of the day, there is a personal level of security that you just feel when you can see something in front of you, right? You're sitting and you're looking at a data center, you know who's accessing that data center. It's often underestimated what's happening internally and how much your system is secured at operating system level. Is it hardened? 
at database level? Are you keeping up to date with patches? There's an overhead that's associated with running any system. Now, what happens on-prem, there is a certain amount of investment that needs to go into security. And typically you'll have your IT team that's focused around not just delivering a very secure system, but also maintaining it, dealing with support issues, dealing with all sorts of application level issues all the way through to the technology stack. They have a wide and broad range of responsibility. If you're a larger organization, maybe you have the benefit of dedicated security specialists just looking after security. That's kind of rare in smaller organizations. We don't have the luxury of having one person just focused on one particular area. When it comes to security and cloud, there's really a couple of things to consider here. One is just from a physical security perspective, think about your on-prem data center versus a data center that's managed and hosted by the likes of Microsoft, Amazon, etc. There's different levels of being able to secure your data center. So where you may have a traditional keypad approach to getting into your data center, what we're talking about is much more sophisticated ways of locking down security because you're investing in a provider that has the ability to invest more money in security, everything from CCTV for entry points to making sure that they are disaster recovery, redundant, all of the things that you would expect from a data security perspective. These guys are gonna be investing a lot of money in it. Microsoft invests billions of dollars a year just in security, right? And nothing but security. And that's across all of their stack from operating system to SQL server to the core infrastructure that sits behind their cloud setup, which is obviously Microsoft Azure. They're really investing every single day in terms of making sure that they have got the most secure stack out there and they've got people dedicated to doing that versus maybe a small, medium sized law firm who won't have the luxury of having that ability. The onus is on us to make sure that we are constantly thinking about security and making sure that all of the best practices are in place and that we're getting advice to be able to do that, which is not impossible, but realistically speaking, it's going to be very difficult to keep up with the rapid pace of improvements in how we protect ourselves against so much cybersecurity risk that's out there at the moment that you really need to be able to invest in a company hosting provider that's going to be able to do that for you. That really leads to the other angle of this, which is really about resilience, making sure that your provider is set up to not just have all of your servers located in one location that has a very high risk of redundancy issues um, and resilience issues if there were to be a power outage or something significant that happens in your region. Great example of this is what's happened in Texas over this year with all of the heavy weather all of the changes that have happened from a climate perspective, which have had a big impact in terms of the energy grid within Texas, which has led to a lot of firms really running the risk of having a situation where their lawyers can't access their system. They can't do what they need to do to record time or work for their customers effectively because their systems are inaccessible. The reason they're inaccessible is because their data centers are single entities managed in one location, which happens to be a location that's impacted by this particular issue. We've had quite a few calls from customers over the last few months where they've experienced issues where their system could be down for two, three days while they're trying to recover to another site to be able to get their system back up and running, which is really pretty unacceptable. The power of the cloud infrastructure is being able to have that resilience and having clustered instances between two locations, two countries even, or multiple countries, you've got really lots of options and scalability and resilience options when you deploy within the cloud. That gives you the ability to not only 
have a system that's going to stand up, perform well. It's going to be very well secured. Plus, it's going to have that disaster recovery resilience so that if something does happen to that particular location, it's very easy to spin up another instance in another location or have an instance replicated so that you always have access to your core systems like ProLaw and other line of business applications to make sure that you are 100% secure and running as much as possible. Finally, on that point is really around thinking about the people side of things. Often what we see in law firms is that you will have somebody that's dedicated to looking after the practice management system. And if you kind of have a single point of failure in terms of the knowledge and the abilities of that individual to be able to look after the stack, our message is to make sure that you're thinking about the risk of if that person is not around or not able to deal with some of the security issues that how do you manage that scenario in the most effective way. So being able to provide people like that who are doing a great job of managing the system, but give them the infrastructure alongside that from a cloud perspective so that they're really focused on some of the more important things that they could be doing versus looking after security and thinking about the next patch that needs to be rolled out. You've covered a lot of points there, probably points that not a lot of people take into consideration. That example of Texas with the data centers, I read about that and it's quite interesting that people in this day and age are still working with vendors where they only have one data center. They don't necessarily take into account what that actually means. And I guess Texas is a brilliant example of that. Yeah, it it really is. The thing that I consider is that these are considerations that most people would not even think about happening. It's basically a sequence of events that's happened, some of it controlled by things that we can't control, like Mother Nature and climate, and that having an impact on what's going on. Plus, then there's the core energy grid infrastructure within that particular state, and then focused on the demand that that caused in terms of people switching on all of their heaters all at the same time and putting undue pressure on the energy grid then leading to this kind of scenario where power outages have to happen to be able to make sure that that's sustainable. So most people in their DR plan would not be thinking about those kind of scenarios. They'd be thinking about the more obvious things, like having this kind of infrastructure available really changes the game in terms of mitigating those risks. So what you're saying is, yes, they do have these IT people in-house, but it doesn't mean you're replacing them because I think that is a, a big worry for some firms or some staff. Correct. So if if you think about it in terms of what's deployed at a law firm, the knowledge that individuals from an IT perspective have, which is really focused around the way that that particular law firm operates, they have relationships with the people that they're supporting, and they're there to provide a level of support to that group of users at a law firm. When it comes to specialist systems like ProLaw is a good example of this. It translates to any best of breed system that's really there to act as your core business system. You can't really take that for granted, right? Ultimately, your business is dependent on that system being up and running. You need it to be operational so that you can get bills out of the door, record time. All of the basic functions of doing business are kind of reliant on that system being there. The message is is that those systems tend to be quite vast anyway in terms of features, functions, being able to optimize them, making sure that they're running in the most optimum way. In order for one person to be able to do not just that, but also then deal with all of the ancillary systems that might be associated with it, everything from your email hosting to operating systems, patching, all of those components, all of those things are core areas of speciality that you need to have. What ends up happening in some of these small, mid-sized firms is that you have staff that have been there for many years because they really understand the business, they really understand all of the elements of the core infrastructure, 
But often the conversations we have with those individuals is that they are so stretched in terms of time that they really haven't had the time to evolve the firm from a technology footprint perspective. So it's kind of a constant firefighting battle just to keep systems in play, work with the business leaders to be able to implement new technology so that they can continue to do business and continue to drive more business and more change, but not really taking a step back and saying, actually, how can we improve core infrastructure and how can we make better decisions around IT? It's just about keeping the plate spinning, basically. And I think this particular scenario is a great opportunity for empowering those individuals to really focus on how do we get the best out of all of the systems that we have by engaging with a specialist in this area that can look after this core system and still being the point of contact still being the person that's managing that vendor relationship, but moving them from more of a, just do what I need to do to kind of keep the system up and running to managing the vendor relationship for the speciality resource that I need to make sure that we can keep this critical system up and running. So if I was a law firm and I decided to migrate ProLaw into the cloud, now that particular vendor, let's say you as an example, are you going to be supporting any ProLaw need that I have potentially? Where does Thomson Reuters come into play versus Helm 360 in this example? I think a lot of law firms out there would be worried that they're paying for the same service twice. Is that the case or not? No, it's not. But there is some synergy there and there is some overlap and crossover, which we should talk about. There's two areas of separation here that we need to think about. One is application stack and one is core infrastructure. So when we talk about hosting ProLaw, it's really talking about the core infrastructure that's required to run ProLaw. It's everything from running the desktop client in a virtual machine so that you can access it and spin up the fat client and do what you need to do from a transaction perspective. It's spinning up an IIS server so that you can run the web version of ProLaw, which is called Workspace, to enable you to use that from a front office perspective. And it's enabling the server-side component, spinning up a SQL Server so that the core data is maintained within that core infrastructure. When you think about hosting providers, really their core function is to look after that element, really kind of get the environment to a point where it can run all of those components and do that really smoothly and easily. Where the second consideration comes into play is really the application stack. What is ProLaw actually doing from a functional perspective and how can that be improved? What data does that give us? What visibility does that give us in terms of giving us better business decisions? What do I do if I have an issue? The kind of things that you're alluding to in your question, I think. This is where no two hosting providers are the same. When you think about what we bring to the table from a Helm 360 perspective, one of the reasons we're very successful in this space is because we not only understand the infrastructure side of it, but we also have a very deep understanding of the ProLaw product. In fact, we are ProLaw partners with Thomson Reuters and have been for a number of years. And so we are certified from an implementation perspective. We understand how to deploy ProLaw. We understand everything from the technology stack all the way through to the way that it functions. Whereas many other vendors are just focused on core IT infrastructure. So they'll understand how to read a requirement for a product, but they don't necessarily understand the inner workings of the product or how to troubleshoot it to the depths that we would be able to do. And that's really where there's that element of the application stack that again splits into two. If you think about your application stack, there is the way that you are using the product and the core needs that you have as an individual user to get your day-to-day -day functions working. And then there's the problems that you can have in doing that 
which is really around issues relating to core product or integrations that may be talking into that product or reports that you might be getting using to get information out of that product. Being Microsoft partners, understanding the technology stack, being Thomson Reuters partners, understanding the application stack is really act as the bridge between the two. So not only do we bring the best of breed in terms of technology stack to host the system through Microsoft services, but what we're also able to do is then combine that with our knowledge of the application stack and our relationship with the vendor that provides that application so that we can be the first point of call when something doesn't look quite right. And we can be the interaction between you as a customer and Thomson Reuters as the vendor of that particular product. While we talk about Prolaw in this example as being like my core business system, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only system that I'm using on a day-to-day -day basis. So you'll have other products that you're using alongside Prolaw, could be a third-party document management system, could be as simple as your Word, your Outlook applications. All of those things kind of contain your desktop applications that are needed to all talk to each other, work together in order for you to be successful. If I just focus on one element of that, that doesn't work because all of them need to work together in harmony for that to happen. To answer your question, we're not really here to fix specific vendors' issues, but what we're able to do is accelerate the time to turn those issues around by working on your behalf as a customer, so saving you time in terms of putting together all of the troubleshooting steps, ruling out any infrastructure issues, making sure we understand that the problem is 100% a product issue, and then working with that vendor to make sure that they're able to understand very quickly where the problem may lie so that they can produce a fix for it. I think a lot of fans out there don't necessarily know who Helm360 and how integrated into Thompson Reuters we really are to say that we have got so much experience and such a deep level of understanding for Prolaw. I think that's going to give a lot of people the reassurance that if they were to go with a, with a vendor like Helm360, they'd be getting that expertise. I think one thing that we, all law fans out there, might not necessarily know is our fantastic relationship with Thompson Reuters and how much we actually know Prolaw. So I think that'll be quite reassuring for law firms out there to know that they would be putting their faith in a, a provider that actually understands law firms, but not just law firms, but they've got such a high skill set and, and knowledge. Speaking of vendors and service providers, what should law firms be looking for in a specific vendor? What are the top three points that firms should take into account when selecting a provider? That's a very good question, Kieran. It really boils down to these three top things that I would look for. Number one is you really want to align yourself with somebody who is not necessarily trying to reinvent the wheel in terms of core infrastructure that they're providing you with. So, for example, there are many vendors out there that call themselves hosting providers. And what you're basically doing is you're aligning yourselves with a firm that is really in their infancy in terms of their core infrastructure that they're providing to you. So they may have like a few data centers that they've spun up and then they may have people managing it. But ultimately, they don't necessarily have the kind of footprint that a vendor like Microsoft, who we align ourselves with, provide. When we thought about how do we bring a hosting solution to the market that's really meaningful to law firms in this space, 
particularly in the mid-market. One of the key criteria was making sure that we've got redundancy between regions, making sure that we had a scalable provider that was proven in this industry. And thirdly, was really around security and making sure that whoever we align ourselves with has data security at the forefront of their mind. And really Microsoft fits all of those pieces and is continuing to evolve in those areas and make it very accessible for us to be able to deliver our services on top of their stack. The second component is alluding to the point made earlier. It's about experience. Coming to the table with just technology experience is not enough for a law firm running a best of breed solution like ProLaw. You really need to understand the business of law combined with the kind of engine that's needed to power that really thinking about the lawyer experience and the dynamic of a managing partner that's really keen to make sure that they can spend less time trying to access something from their financial management system versus slow performance and unacceptable performance that can happen as a result of not being able to do those things. We understand how important it is to have maximum uptime, responsive IT function, and being able to dissect what is an application issue versus an infrastructure issue very quickly so that it continues to allow you to focus on your business. It's really about that combination of technology plus pro-law experience and just generally the business of law experience to really provide a compelling differentiator between us and, and other hosting providers. So when you're looking for a, a partner who's really going to be looking after the crown jewels of your system, you really want to be considering who you're aligning with to make sure that they can bring those same elements to the table. The final piece is really understanding how you can get more value from your product. Anybody can come in and spin up an instance and put a product on it and allow you to use the system to your advantage. But a lot of the onus on getting the best value out of that system is really down to you as an individual organization to be able to go and do that exploration. One of the key benefits of our approach is really having that depth of experience and expertise in the product portfolio. A great example is the fact that we've built a product that plugs directly into ProLaw called Termi, which is a business intelligence solution that also serves as a chatbot solution that allows you to easily interact with the ProLaw product. One of the big advantages there is not only are we allowing you to continue to use your ProLaw system, but we're actually enhancing the way that you access that system. We're really thinking about user experience. We're thinking about your managing partners, your partners, senior lawyers, and how they interact with software and some of the frustrations that we hear from them and how the core infrastructure makes a big impact on performance, how the core product that you select, like selecting a best of breed product like Thomson Reuters makes a lot of sense and the ProLaw suite in particular, because we know it functions really well and it's got really rich feature set. But we also recognize that there are some gaps in terms of what a lawyer experience looks like versus a finance person's experience. That's really where the third kind of element of this comes into play, where we're able to bring best of breed solutions to the market that can enhance the product portfolio that you already have by introducing things like Termi that can sit alongside the technology stack um, and really get the best out of the system that you've already invested in. Before we finish up, I do have one more question. If you have any quick tips or consideration points you want to highlight for pro firms out there that are listening right now. Yes, I do. I would say that there's really three things to focus on here as a pro-law user and a pro-law consumer. First is 
if you've got ProLaw in place at the moment, really make sure that you're thinking about the user experience, you think about performance, think about optimization, make sure that you're investing the right amount of time to make sure the system is maintained, that you're looking at things like index rebuilds from a SQL Server perspective, that you're investing time in the core infrastructure to go and see how the technology is interacting with your infrastructure to see where improvements can be made. Because ultimately, regardless of the type of product you have, you could have the richest functionality in the world, but if it's not performing well and your users don't feel like the response times are good, then ultimately that degrades the overall value proposition for that particular product. So I would say performance is one of the primary things to focus on on an ongoing basis and see how that can, can be improved. Second point would be around core integration. So making sure that you're thinking about not just your core product stack being pro law, but thinking about how you can get more value out of the solution and thinking about the fact that there's so much valuable data that sits within your ProLaw platform and really thinking about those trends that have been building up over time and how you can use that to your advantage to give you better business insights, help you make better decisions, informed decisions in terms of looking at those trends, in terms of how frequently you're billing certain customers, watching out for dormant clients, for example, that you may need to re-engage with and using technology such as Termi to be able to go and alert you to those facts by giving you proactive alerts and enabling you to kind of see those business insights in real time so that you can act on them, right? So ultimately impacting your bottom line. And then the final takeaway I would say is about maintaining the actual product itself. We talked about performance from an infrastructure perspective, but with investing in a product like ProLaw or Termi, one of the big benefits that you get is that you've got a, a really well-renowned company, Thomson Reuters, that's maintaining a product portfolio for you. And over the years, you can see that Thomson Reuters have continued to invest in the ProLaw platform, building new features, building new add-ons like Workspace to enable the front office experience to be a bit more refined for lawyers. So lots of new features and fixes that get rolled out as part of upgrades. But as an organization, you're only going to take the benefit of those if you actually upgrade. It's really important to think about your upgrade path on a periodic basis so that you're keeping up to date with those releases and looking at some of the release notes and thinking about what's going to be coming in those new releases and how that could apply to you and how that could improve your usage of ProLaw and your experience of ProLaw. Finally, just thinking about how that plays into hosting providers. One of the great things about working alongside a hosting provider that understands ProLaw is also that we take the pain out of upgrades because we understand how to not only host your system, but also get it to the latest version in the smoothest possible way. That element is removed from the mix by working with a vendor that knows what they're doing. And it really allows you to get the value out of the investment that you've made. And I think that's really key with, with a product like ProLaw. There's a lot of law firms out there will put off an upgrade just because of the amount of work and effort that's involved with that. So they might be a few versions behind and they're not taking advantage of the new features and functionality that are coming out. So really, it's all about upgrading and getting onto the latest version. So if you can support that and help make that process a lot easier for pro law firms that go into the cloud, I think that's going to be absolutely huge for firms. Absolutely. Exactly, as you said, the value proposition for a product like that is really in terms of how it evolves. And you're investing not just in the product today, but you're investing in the roadmap for that product. But you have to make a conscious effort to kind of push yourself down that road. Now, that can be challenging, and, and it's usually challenging for a number of reasons. And that is because 
a lot of the time we don't understand all of the interaction points of a product like that. So how does it sync up with document management system? How does it sync up with email? All of those elements. And, and there's almost like a fear and a reluctance to, to make that upgrade because we may have had a bad experience in the past that's caused some outage or caused some issue in terms of the, the client side experience of invoice generation or whatever it might be. But really, a lot of that is just down to poor execution and really where the combination of the cloud approach and the knowledge that we hold in terms of the upgrade process come together is the fact that we've got great resilience when it comes to the cloud platform. Snapshotting your ProLaw applications as it stands today is, again, click of a button type of exercise. So we can basically maintain the state of a system. It's very easy for us to also create clones of those environments so that then you can have an isolated testing environment for an upgrade so that you're really de-risking the upgrade approach and you're testing it properly in a UAT environment that's just dedicated for the purpose of testing. So you have the confidence that it's gonna do what you need to do and then switch over in a smooth manner. We often help customers down the upgrade path for core applications like ProLaw. All of it starts with the discovery. It's really understanding your environment, the integration points, and making sure that we understand what impact areas are going to be there. So it's almost like an impact assessment happens first so that we can give you confidence that the roadmap we put down on the table actually makes sense. And then obviously, like big emphasis on testing, making sure that your core business processes are testing. And again, we can help with that if you don't have the resource internally available to be able to go and do that kind of QA test against a, a new version. And those are things that we can assist with as well, or we can empower your users to do the same, making sure that you're supported through the go live, making sure that you've got somebody on hand to be able to address any issues, looking at everything from infrastructure all the way through to how the product is performing for you and holding your hand all the way through that so that you have a successful upgrade. That's brilliant. I think for anyone that's listening, please go back and listen to the consideration points and take into account the last tips and specifically the upgrade thing, which I think is going to be a really big one and a really big positive for some law firms out there. Thank you. And we look forward to the next one. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Legal Helm. We hope you enjoyed the show and got some useful information about ProLaw Cloud Hosting. If you have any other questions about material we covered in today's episode, or in any of our previous episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at helm360.com. That's helm360.com. And click on the contact button to send us your questions. Have a great day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.